Previously on X-Men. Welcome, dear listeners, to a realm where ordinary becomes extraordinary, where the misunderstood become heroes, and where unity conquers adversity. This is the world of mutants, the world of the X-Men. Join us as we delve deep into the stories that have captured the hearts and minds of generations. From the gripping battles of the animated series to the live-action films, this is Exposition, an X-Men podcast, Excelsior! Not limited to television, but film as well, so yeah, there are big milestones for us, but we are not alone, as often we are joined by very special guest. He might as well just be the third co-host of this show, I feel like. I don't think he hasn't been with us. But just... I don't know. There you go. You're back. You're good. Keep going. So, we have a, a gentleman joining us who hasn't missed an episode yet. We may as well consider him our, our third Co-host, I feel like many. So who is that? His uh, name changes episode to episode. Tonight you can call him by his real name, or you can call him Sunfire in the Hole. Keith E. Langston, how are you, Keith? Sunfire in the Hole. I'm doing great. How are you, Jenny and Tim? Uh, we're good. I I'm super excited about this because mm-hmm. look cards on the table i was the one who wanted to watch all the films and so i was like let's just combine these into one show so i'm happy that we're getting to a live action movie finally yes a great movie too a really good one Mm -hmm. and we are going to be tackling all the movies at some point Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. every we'll do a few episodes of the animated series then uh then take a break to do a movie. Uh, just keep it fresh as much as possible. But uh, this is the first film, which uh, opened July 14th of 2000. You guys, almost 20. Ooh. We're coming up on almost 25 years ago. Yeah. This film. That's It'll be 24th, crazy. 24th anniversary this summer. Isn't that nuts? Uh, like, and this was one of the big, like, firsts. Like, mm-hmm. it was... One of the big first good comic book movies that I remember um, mm-hmm. when I was getting into this, because like 2000, I was in, I was a junior in high school. So, yeah. um, God, that is ridiculous. Um, no. <laughs> but. Young child. <laughs> yeah, but that was like it, a, yeah. it, it was a huge deal when it came out. It, and, it and felt like it a went. big deal, right? Not that there hadn't been certainly other comic book movies right. before. Um, there'd even been good ones, right? I mean, we all kind of love the 1989 Batman. Sure. Uh, this, the sequels to somewhat diminishing returns and, and interest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that franchise had kind of crashed and burned rather uh famously throughout the 90s but uh you did have blade in 1998 which mm-hmm. i always contend that most people didn't really know was a comic book comic property book, just, yeah mm-hmm. you know thought it was a cool wesley snipes vampire movie mm-hmm. yeah which it is <laughs> um but i think that kind of 
reinvigorated the confidence, at least on a studio level, that mm, maybe there is something to these these comic book adaptations. Maybe they can both be good, well-received, and also make money. Uh, Blade was kind of the, the, the little movie that could. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Fox, 20th Century Fox, was already working on X-Men, but I don't... I, I kind of feel like throughout the better part of the nineties, they sort of felt like they were stuck with it um, because it was in development hell for, for quite some time. Uh, I mean, going back to the eighties, there are efforts to, to get an X-Men movie made um, with studios that no longer exist today. You know, you <laughs> Amazing. Had, <laughs> you had James Cameron attached at one point, Catherine Bigelow attached at one point as well. Um, and eventually it would be optioned by 20th Century Fox, which makes all the sense in the world, right? Because Fox, their their children's animation right. television division is, is doing the animated series. And it's producer Laura Shula Don- Shuler Donner who takes an interest in, hey, maybe we could make a film out of this. The cartoon has been so successful on Saturday mornings. It's been pretty impressive. Why not make a go of it? So... Fox had had that option since 1994, and it's six years later. We finally see the finished product on screen uh, in X-Men, the motion picture. Uh, $75 million budget, you guys. Wow. That is wow. chump change. Wow. <laughs> chump change. It, it just absolutely goes to show. is. Yeah. Like, it, they weren't going to put a whole lot of money into this. They didn't mm-hmm. put it, look, like... They didn't want to put a lot of investment dollars behind it because this is a risk, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to get burned. Um, we're willing to get burned for the tune of twenty of seventy-five million. <laughs> That's it. But hopefully, we uh, we recoup that, which they did. Um, this this movie made worldwide just shy of three hundred million. Wow! Doesn't sound like a lot today, but keep mm-hmm. in mind two thousand dollars superhero movies not really being a thing Mm -hmm. uh that's pretty darn impressive not bad so when all is said and done uh so when all of a sudden when all is said and done 300 million dollars big profit for 20th century fox and uh we have a cool runtime here of just 104 minutes for this movie too which is tame tame by today's standards Mm -hmm. as well right um so just quickly here, our cast, including Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Anna Paquin, Halle Berry, Bruce Davison, James Marston, Fomka Jansen, Ray Park, Rebecca Romaine Stamos, Tyler Maine, and in his American film debut, Hugh Jackman. Uh, Might have heard of him. Yeah, a little, little known, Hugh Jackman. Um Almost not Hugh Jackman, though. Oh, almost um, not. Who, who almost got this part? So, almost portraying Wolverine. And I say almost. He was cast and had to be replaced, actually, some three weeks into filming X-Men, was Dugray Scott. Mm. Dugray. Is that, a, is that a name anyone would still know today? Like, it, I... I he is ingrained in my brain from Mission Impossible 2 because yeah. I fucking mm-hmm. love that movie. You love um, those movies, yeah. And also um, Ever After, a Cinderella story mm-hmm. um, with Drew Barrymore. He was the love interest and I adore that movie. So he, 
probably most normal people know, like have no clue about this man. Um, I'm not saying I hate that idea. Intrigued okay. about I was, what he, I was wondering what he might do as Wolverine, but obviously we have perfect casting. Yeah. Um, and there's no one I can envision ever being Wolverine ever again. It makes you wonder though. Like we could it does. We could be living in a world where Dugray Scott is like a household name in the way that well, Hugh that Jackman is. You know, could be a huge, huge superstar. Mm. Or we could be living in a world where we go. God, they really blew that Wolverine casting, huh? Right. Everything's good except for Wolverine. In this yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, they boy. really did. Um, the Ian McKellen casting we've talked brilliant. about before is just yeah. absolutely I think that, genius. I think that Dugray Scott goes down that most people probably know the name and recognize the name as the guy who was almost Wolverine. <laughs> That's probably what most that may be what that. they knew it for. Yeah, maybe it's it's kind of like how I always compare it to Stuart Townsend, who was almost Aragon mm. in the oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings, and it's mm. like talk about like two just unbelievably landmark roles that two different guys lost for two mm. different reasons, I might mm. add. I think Stuart Townsend was a dick and they got rid of him because of that. <laughs> Dugray Scott, I think, had to go and do reshoots for Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. He also Is that right? Older. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it it okay. ran over. Yeah. So he, he was kind of stuck contractually with those reshoots. But he also got hurt. Um he like broke his arm doing a stunt or something. Oh, oh really? But I think yeah. I think between In the this two, movie? Uh, no, probably Mission well, Impossible two, right? Yeah, oh, it was, it was yeah. something. Yeah, something in uh, Mission Impossible two. <laughs> Even then, um, the fuck's he I think that, that was well. That's the thing. It was reported at the time that that was the reason he had to back out. But I think it was more so because of the overruns on mm. on mm. the uh, mm. the filming. Yeah, and I don't know. He came out recently with some kind of just sort of out of nowhere saying actually Tom Cruise kind of pressured him not to do it, which oh, was sort God. Of, who asked? But I'd like to retroactively sue you now. For yeah, I don't know. It sounded a little bitter. It sounded a little bitter. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Which, Seriously. Eh, I don't know. Maybe you lose out on the role of a lifetime and you feel like somebody cost you that. You might. You might. Can can I ask about it? Can I ask you both a quick question um, about the cast itself? Mm-hmm. Now, remember, this is probably being made in 1999. It came mm-hmm. out in 2000. Yep. So, in 1999, who is the biggest star that they had attached to this? I'm going to say it's Halle Berry. Um, mm. The other one is probably Rebecca Romaine. Hmm. I mean, because, because remember, Ian McKellen is kind of still like a right, character yeah. actor. Right. Hugh Jackman hadn't even debuted internationally really yet. Um, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Is, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart is just, he's Captain. He's Captain Picard. Yeah. To a lot know? of American audiences, he's probably viewed as a a t- beloved but television actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ali, it's probably more as far as. Big yeah, star, well, I mean, you know? honestly, they like may alley. have had a little more star power again, if not for uh, a recasting. We also had uh, originally uh, Jim Caviezel 
was going to play oh. Cyclops, and right. he oh. apparently uh, backed out to do Frequency. Oh, I was going to um, say, oh, okay. not the Jesus movie. I was going to say, we, you know, that's another one where we might have, uh, might have. Here's the thing. In some ways, I think he maybe could have held his own in this movie in ways that James Marsden maybe doesn't. And look, I we can get into different portrayals as we go along here. But um, I definitely think that the on-screen chemistry between like a Fomka Jansen and Hugh Jackman is super on point and they have so mm-hmm. much um, screen presence. And yeah. then you've got little old James Marsden in there five foot nothing and he's supposed to be the field leader of the x-men right and this hot shot um you know gene's love interest i don't know and oh and kind of swapping him out for jim caviezel i could kind of see more of a dynamic between that amongst that trio really Uh, i'm I'm picking up what you're putting down you know whereas i I like james marsden but he feels sort of odd man out he Um, does a little bit is it just the height that bothers you Uh, not just the height it's also Mm -hmm. kind of the he's not he's sort of a pretty boy right and mm, he's not not there's anything wrong with that i mean i i would agree with tim in the fact that james marsden just what do you know him for Mm -hmm. you know and that's part of the thing is that i mean i understand that the the concept of trying to find like unknown actors who are going to be able to be like you know cornerstones of this new franchise that they want to do but i mean i guess it just sucks that hugh jackman was as awesome as he was well it sucks uh, for everybody else because right. in all honesty this movie is literally two friggin people it's Hugh Jackman yeah. and fucking Ian McKellen. They, st- right. they steal the entire movie. I mean, it's just, well, it is what it is. And you want to talk about height. I mean, mm. Hugh Jackman is nine feet nine, tall right, playing yeah. Wolverine, right? Yeah. And right. it's sort of, Wolverine's supposed to be the the scruffy, you know. Danny DeVito. Little guy. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking, he's so. supposed to be Danny DeVito. Danny like, DeVito. Hey guys, I'm going to come and cut you now. You know, like, it's supposed to be Danny DeVito. So... Um, I mean, uh, just other names in connection to play Wolverine over the years, just to give you an idea, uh, you know, we go from this to Hugh Jackman. So I, I've heard uh, Robert De Niro in connection with oh this my role. God. Heard, yeah, oh, shit. No. Glenn Danzig. Uh, from Danzig? Bob Hoskins. This was going back to the 80s. But, <laughs> okay. Now yeah. that I would have been so good with. you sort of more see like the Professor X, sir. <laughs> right? <laughs> you right. sort of see the difference in mentality by 2000. Bob here. Hoskins, good Bob Lord. Hoskins of all people. So okay. yeah, that one that one really took me aback. But um, I mean, all in all, yeah, there's this is a I like this ensemble cast. Not the most star-studded, but I don't know. What about Anna Paquin? She is. Well, she's young. And she's young. She had yeah. won the, uh, the um, had she Actually, won yeah, the she Oscar? Was an, yeah, yeah, she was an Oscar for, um, winner. The piano. Right? The only the only Oscar winner in the uh, the only Oscar winner in the group, I think, at this point. At yeah, but nobody point. watched the fucking piano. For I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Like, you're. I'm These sure are... you were great in it, ma'am. But we didn't. <laughs> ma'am. Ma'am. 
celebrated actors, but but maybe not the most star-studded cast mm-hmm. at the time of this film. And I think the um, this movie and the series of films will certainly add to their cachet over time, though. Sure. All right. So let's get into this, you guys. God, I still can't get over this budget. Seventy-five million. Um, and that's after making a lot of cuts <laughs> as well to characters mm-hmm. and concepts that were going to be used and were either just pared back or, or excised completely. Glenn but, Danzig. Um, Glenn Danzig, man. Wolverine. Come on. What the fuck? <laughs> huh. That was okay. a big... Um, I feel like you remember Wizard Magazine where it would do its its casting call, like fanboy articles. Um, they would do that for X-Men every few issues, and they were really stuck on the Glenn Danzig Wolverine. I bet your Rocco would have been first idea. in line to see a, uh, a Wolverine Rocco Martinez Wolverine. Up. Yeah. No, I'm saying he'd, he'd be first in line to see a movie headed up by Glenn Danzig. <laughs> I think he should play Wolverine, actually. He would love to. Um, all right. So, I mean, right off the bat, we, we get the sense that this is a superhero film unlike other superhero films <laughs> because we're going to open in a not 1944 nazi occupied poland <laughs> mm. um mm. so we've got a crowd that's just being forcibly um marched and separated in the course of being mm-hmm. placed into concentration camps uh just a young boy Ripped away from his parents, he's crying out, he's he's reaching, uh, calling for his mother, and, you know, the metal fence and grating is just warping and, and buckling with a gesture from his hand. So something is up with this kid. We don't know exactly what, but he's, he's doing something, creating this chaos. They knock him out, and that's where we leave that. Um, move forward into the present. And this is an interesting beat, I thought. It says... Sometime in the not too distant future, mm-hmm. we aren't given an actual year. Of mm-hmm. course, we're living in the year 2000 at the time, so this is I don't we're know. probably in the year that this was set. <laughs> that this was set right yeah. now, probably, yeah, yeah. right now. Perhaps yeah. so. It, it does seem like the not too distant future from 2000, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, that's where we meet, um. Well, she isn't named here, but it's Marie, who we're going to come to know as Rogue. That's Anna Paquin, of course. Mm. She's in a room with her boyfriend. They're, you know, flirting flirting away, and they share a kiss that ends quite badly. Um, and I like the, uh, the way that they sort of visually represent her powers in this movie with, you know, the... the it's very vascular looking. The oh, it is quite the, the skin, the skin oh, yeah. contact does all this. <laughs> Super oh, yeah. hot, right? A, <laughs> I guess so. Maybe not for the person on the receiving end. But um, so, so the boyfriend starts stroking out. He's uh, he's like having a seizure. She screams. Parents run in. She's like, "Get away from me! Don't touch me!" Um, poor girl. She's a teenager. over dramatic. <sighs> As always, well, you know, she's just I don't know that this is the first. I mean, as the comics go, this her first kiss is, is what results in this. So it's mm-hmm. this is both her first kiss and her powers now manifesting. Um, she's at that age, which we'll hear about later. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So she's going to run away now as a result mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to pull up at the Capitol where we see Fomka Jansen's doctor, you guys, the medical doctor, Jean Grey. Mm. Uh, this is done because uh, Beast was supposed to be in the movie, <laughs> but couldn't be because he's too expensive. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. that makes I sense. Remember, that makes sense. Yeah, it was gonna be Beast, um, but after they cut him, they said, "Well, we do still need his medical expertise, so we'll just transfer that to another character." And Gene uh, got the nod. I remember reading um, this. This is how much of a nerd I was, you guys. And like 1999 and 2000, early file sharing networks. We're talking like uh Kazaa and, and morpheus and hell uh, yeah <clears throat> yep. yeah um you could find among other things like film scripts um that i remember downloading an early x-men draft mm. that it was a screenplay bears a lot of resemblance to the finished product in terms of just the basic plot beats but mm-hmm. it did include beast Oh, so, okay. yeah, it was pretty late, late into the day that he ended up getting cut. I mean, it wasn't wasn't to the point where they were trying to cast for the character or anything, okay. but he he was in the script for quite some time. Um, and then they were like, they were, uh, never mind. Yeah, they're like, shit. Uh, Nightcrawler was also in some early drafts as well. I, I've never encountered a script with him in it, so hmm. that may have been an earlier cut. But um, it basically Dr. Jean Grey is explaining the concept of mutation to us, mm-hmm. right? She says it's it represents the next stage in human evolution, um, manifests at puberty for, for most individuals, and is quite often triggered by emotional stress, mm-hmm. as in perhaps one's first kiss, as we saw earlier. So we get Senator Robert Kelly now. Uh, challenging Dr. Gray. He says that mutants represent a public danger. It's very real and it is growing. And I mean, right out of the uh, Senator Joseph McCarthy playbook from, you know, the 1950s, mm-hmm. he, he's even thrown around his, I have here a list mm-hmm. of named mutants. So mm-hmm. doing a lot of fear mongering here. Of course. Um, but also, I mean, kind of making valid points and appeals towards, you know, in the direction of public safety. Um, but but mainly, he's he's really appealing to emotions here, and and he gets a a standing ovation, does Senator Kelly from his colleagues. So they're pretty much on board with what he's putting down, which is a shame for uh, for our mutants because. Mm-hmm. In the audience, we have Professor Charles Xavier and another man, an older man, who leaves in disgust. And Xavier confronts him. This is Eric Lyncher, an old friend. Uh, Of course, these are Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, respectively, Mm -hmm. uh, portraying Professor Xavier and Magneto. They have one of their... Looking yeah, dapper, looking though. Very dapper. Of course, almost. yes. Like Magneto, Magneto is, oh my God. This the man fit is, is outrageous. He is a queen. Yes. He is a queen to the 10th degree, thankfully. You're right. And the way that he, he kind of, the way that he kind of spins and disgusts and walks walks out of the on room, it. just mm. such disdain. On his heel. I, just, he really does. Mm. Turns on his heel. 
he's got the the long jacket. I mean, if he had a cape, he definitely would have thrown the cape over one shoulder. <laughs> right Very on the, dramatically. Right on the, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Just absolutely disgusted by this display. Uh, so this is basically Xavier making a final plea to his old friend not to give up on humanity, but it's already too late. Eric says he's seen this play out one time too many in the past. He already knows the outcome. He knows how this thing is going to go down and warns Xavier to stay out of his way. All right. So we're going to catch up back with Rogue, and she has made her way from uh, Mississippi, Meridian, Mississippi, where she lived, to Alberta, northern Alberta, Canada, you guys. Uh, Some place called Laughlin City, which looks kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, she has apparently hitchhiked. Uh, we get a fun cameo from the truck driver, uh, the voice actor of Beast from X Men: The Animated Series. Oh. Is, yeah, oh, he cool. uh, gets a couple lines. You can't really tell, but if if you know it's him, which I was told it was him after the fact, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it does sound like Beast. So anyway, lots of smoking and and drinking and. Yeah. And, and cage fighting going on. My favorite. This place Lawful looks awesome. City. It does. Looks like a lot of fun, right? I'm going to go there. I, I think that should be a Jenny trip for well, sure. I agree. But it's cold yeah. as shit, so I'm out. Well, I'm, the good thing is it's only, very cold. it's only, the place is only five minutes above Calgary. So, I mean, you know, mm. once you get to, because there's nothing up above Calgary. So, you know. Yeah. yeah nobody lives there. <laughs> well, this Just is where Canadians. we meet. One uh, very important Canadian, the Wolverine. He mm. is this uh, cage fighter, makes short work of his opponent. Uh, Rogue looks pretty impressed and is kind of hanging out at the bar afterwards where he sidles up. Uh, but he is hassled by the guy that he took down. In the course of this confrontation, he reveals uh, mm. one of his very special traits, those being. Um, Knives that basically come out of his hands, right? Nice. <laughs> Knives. Yeah. And they, I mean, they come flying out. I mean, mm-hmm. just piercing the skin, notably between the knuckles, not the top of the wrist, as we we're maybe more accustomed to seeing from the animated series and from the comics. So that is the, a great point that I never interesting really thought about little, before. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just easier, right? It, yeah. It looks and, better uh, out of the knuckles. <laughs> I do believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. It just, it sort of makes more sense, right? Sense. That it's yeah, it definitely between does. his actual fingers, not right. sitting awkwardly on top of, top of the, yeah, the that's weird because <laughs> your hands <laughs> you just flopping around, you know, uh, like I don't get it. But yeah. it, this cage scene is fucking great. Like, <laughs> what an introduction yeah, cool. to Wolverine. He looks so badass and is so grungy and dirty in there, and um. He, he is the epitome of don't give a fuck in this. And and fuck around and find out. Find out right? also, yes. Uh, it's wonderful. I like how he, I mean, Hugh Jackman nails the voice, right? The gruff oh, Wolverine Nails voice, it. certainly. Which, I mean, he's got some stiff competition here again with that animated series, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think what I like about Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is while he does have the very distinctive voice, he's also kind of he's he's weirdly soft spoken at the same time. 
he, yeah, very much. He doesn't so. say anything with a lot of aggression mm-hmm. in his voice. I mean, in, until there's a reason to get aggressive, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's not like it doesn't seem like he's he's putting on an act. Got to be a tough guy all the time, kind of thing. Like he just seems like a fairly, uh, as we're going to learn, he's a pretty damaged person. <laughs> um, and he just kind of like, wants to stay on his own, out of the way, and yeah, under the radar. Keep his head down. Yeah, yeah like he's low he's profile. Not, and and ju- even showing his claws to this bar is a big risk for him. But yeah, uh, yeah. you feel like he needs the money, you know, maybe something like that, um, to well, go along and, in his travels. And having exposed himself, he knows that somebody's coming up, basically. For him. Yeah, he he can't really be seen there anymore. So uh, he goes out on the run. Uh, Rogue follows him. She just stows away in the back of his camper. Uh, but he discovers her very quickly. And this leads to, uh, you know, an exchange between the two of them. They make small talk. He asks her, what kind of a name is Rogue? Mm-hmm. So this is where we get the reveal that um, her real name, apparently, which this just comes from the movie. This was mm-hmm. um, never revealed in the comics or anything else prior. She says her name is Marie. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, they okay. just, Rogue they has just a did name. that. All right. She has True. a name. It's, why not? And there's no reason why she, should, she shouldn't why? have a yeah, name. Why so not? It's fine. Um, that the comics chose not to reveal that after so many years is certainly a choice. But whatever. <laughs> Uh, okay. I think they have since they have since incorporated that into the comic. She is oh really cool Marie now. Yeah, they I just, love that. It's as good a name as any, I suppose. Did she really not have a name up until she didn't have 2000? a name? <laughs> she was just rogue. Yeah, really? Because you got to keep in mind her background. Her name. It, yeah, she but... just went by Rogue. Hmm. So okay. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I know her that, background right. is quite different in the comics too, right? So with the mystique stuff, and she was a villain. Yeah, that's why I'm saying like they never gave her a real name. Like they didn't bother. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It was one of those like I don't know. Maybe she thought it. It was no, another Jenny way of, said, of, of. But Jenny said her name was Marie. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't have a real name. <laughs> I just feel like the movies probably were like we're giving her more of an ordinary background. She is kind of our point of view character here in the way that Jubilee is used in the animated series. Right, correct. Right? Yes. In yes. the way that Kitty Pride was used in the 80s right. in the yeah. com- and Pride of the X-Men, certainly. You mean we don't um, want to call her Jubilation Lee? <laughs> Jubilation Lee, right? What a stupid name. <laughs> um, I like how when they're chatting, there's a lot of instant chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, very, you feel like this reluctant, like protection on his end, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. And it, he plays Wolverine very vulnerably. Um, yes. For somebody that is OP <laughs> as much as he is a little bit. Sure. Um, and then she says, uh, you might want to put on a seatbelt. And then he goes to reprimand her. And then, boom, he flies <laughs> to the fucking window. Yes. He's like, why don't you on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Flying I through the window. love that scene. Through the windshield, in fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, he looks dead, right? As dead he does. as dead gets. He has a huge gash on his head. After mm-hmm. that, yeah. Gets up. Um, huge gash. We see visually that it heals very quickly before mm-hmm. our eyes. 
So it's like, oh, okay. That's very this, cool. Very mm -hmm. cool visual. This guy's got a lot going on here. Mm -hmm. um, but no sooner does he heal when he's attacked by Sabretooth, uh, played by Tyler Maine, uh, wrestler and sometimes actor. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes wrestler also, I should <laughs> point out, honestly. Um, who doesn't have much to say in this movie, doesn't no. doesn't get a lot of lines, not uh not the most loquacious saber tooth, but he certainly does have the presence, I think. And uh I think he's he's used pretty well in this film. Um, I think so too. Yeah. Brutalizes Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the the uh, camper has caught fire while Rogue is trapped inside. But uh, here's where we meet uh, two two more of our titular characters, clad from head to toe in black leather. That's certainly mm. a choice as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's Storm and Cyclops here to save the day. Uh, they pull Rogue out of the camper and Wolverine's unconscious body away just in time for a big explosion. And um, yeah, that's that's all very dramatic. I um, have long thought that they should have been, I, and I know this might be weird. Okay. I thought they should have been dressed in white in this scene. White, and right, I guess well, because of the snow. Uh huh. That I think they that. would certainly blend in. Be yeah, it would look some more tactical to me. Right, I because they stand I out. I mean, that. you can't get more of a contrast here. <laughs> right, black on white. Black. <laughs> the, yeah, because they're supposed to um, be. I mean, what do you think of militaristic? I mean, yeah. I've always thought of them as as a little bit militarized. I mean, it, more of a of of a team, but also a little bit of that. You know, mm -hmm. you have, but you have to, if you're running missions like the X-Men run missions, mm -hmm. then you have to be a little bit tactical in that way. Yeah. You're saying colorful um, costumes, maybe. Well, not, not I did like the yellow spandex quite a bit too, but they ain't there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, we, uh, we're a little bit self-conscious about comic book movies here in the year 2000. Bit. So we can't have our characters looking too gaudy, too much like they stepped out of a comic book. We don't want to feel like stupid nerds after all. Oh, that. of course right. not. I only feel like, that way every day of my life, but it's fun. like the MCU is doing now. Everything is like comic book. Well, it's all look, great. yeah. Once they prove they're bona fides, it's like, oh, anything goes. But at mm -hmm. this point, you're you're still trying to, to win the approval of like the cool kids. So sure. Fuck them. Here the we are with kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> with our non-costumes, which I, I don't know, I've always had mixed feelings about, but I get it. I mean, at yeah, the end of the it. day, I get it. A lot of people say they're inspired by the Matrix, which that first movie was what, 1999, mm -hmm. which is kind of a superhero movie without being adapted from a comic, <laughs> you know? Okay. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. It certainly was very big on the black leather. Uh, mm -hmm. Aren't we all? Well, I don't know. It's yeah. It, it is what it is. But um, Aren't we all? this is going to take us to Xavier's school, his school for gifted youngsters in upstate New York. Uh, Logan is unconscious, being examined by Doctor again, Jean Grey. But he wakes up very paranoid, uh, frightened. He flees. He's running around the school grounds. Mm -hmm. um, hearing voices in his head and uh, 
find his way to Xavier's office. And we've got some students here. So I guess this is kind of a cameo for Kitty Pride, who uh, gets a name drop and walks through the door. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much more Kitty Pride you can get than that. Yep. Um, although she won't really be a character in these movies until later. Uh, anyway, Charles Xavier is going to give Logan the rundown. Um, a lot of exposition here, which is necessary since this is all new to Logan. It's going to be new to a lot of viewers, you know, seeing this movie and being exposed to the X-Men for the first time Mm -hmm. as well. We, um, make introductions. We learn that Storm is Aurora Monroe, Cyclops is Scott Summers, um, and basically the, the whole school for the gifted thing is, is just a ruse. Um, these are all mutants that Xavier is, is training in how to better use their powers and they need the protection that is brought by anonymity. And look, Logan thinks this is all the stupidest thing he's ever heard. <laughs> well, um, it is a very odd uh, place to wake up. It's pretty out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even gets the line, what do they call you, wheels? Um, I love that line. <laughs> which, Absolutely love that line. What do they call you, wheels? wheels. And then he kind of... Yeah, he kind of scoffed. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Like, But it's a little bit convenient if you're a mutant in trouble and then you wake up in a school for right mutants but look it's comic books so well i i think we're gonna kind of learn so it was i think it was implied in the earlier scene with uh xavier and magneto at the capitol right where they were chatting Mm -hmm. xavier tried to probe magneto's mind or he He briefly did did and seemed to pick up something so it seems like magneto already knows about well, at least one of these. And that's how he knew how to send the X-Men out there. That's so he sends Sabretooth, which Xavier does explain. Mm -hmm. Um, Magneto sent Sabretooth after you. Again, Logan thinks all this is complete nonsense. Mm. Um, So you would think maybe, and we we will see there that Professor Xavier does have ways and means to track down wayward Mm -hmm. mutants. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, my old enemy is, is gunning for this guy. I got to find out where he is. And that's how, you know, Cyclops and Storm were able to intercept. So I kind of, yeah, to your point, it's a little convenient. But I, I think they do enough to patch around it. You know what I, I mean? I agree. I agree. It's, they do. it's not an airtight script, this this first movie. Oh, but no. It's, it's still pretty solid, I think, for mm-hmm. what it is. Um. But uh, Wolverine is, is basically sold on all of this when uh, Xavier offers to help him, you know, to learn the truth about himself um, and his own identity, because basically Logan has no uh, recollection of his own past, who he is. Um, for the past 15 years, he's just been living this very um, nomadic existence mm-hmm. on the run. And uh, with his telepathy... Uh, perhaps Professor Xavier can sort of help him find some answers. So he's like, give me a chance. And Logan's kind of reluctantly on board with, with that. Right. Um, 
and again, we we get some cool little flashback scenes or, or a montage really of uh, <laughs> there's no danger room, right? We had to cut that out. That's too mm-hmm. expensive. Mm-hmm. But um, sadly, <laughs> we see Cyclops in action with Storm. Um, we're told those were among the first students at at the institute. Uh, once they grew up, they basically joined the staff and. Mm-hmm. It is the younger student body who refers to them as X-Men. That's where that name comes from. And I like that touch. It's, that, a, it's a cute detail. I like yeah, it. They're, they're not so self-important to call themselves X-Men. They're not like, right. hey, we're right. X-Men. We're the hey. superheroes here to save you. Like, <laughs> hey, we're the X-Men. Of course, X-Men. it's a thing a kid would think of, right? Right. So that sort of works for me. Um, we catch up with Rogue. She is settling in with some of her peers getting to know uh, the student body, uh, chatting it up with uh, John and Bobby. These will, of course, uh, later be known as Pyro and Iceman. Mm-hmm. Um, although this uh, Pyro character Pyro gets switched out. Yeah. Yeah, that kid doesn't last. Um, nope. But we do have uh, Sean Ashmore here. Oh, that's right. I forgot that that kid gets changed. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and there was some, I don't know, there was some The ugly... new Pyro was better. Yeah, well, um, it came out recently. Maybe this original Pyro got Me too by Brian Singer. Oh, or... shit. Yeah. Oh, God. There okay. weren't, like, a lot of details, but it was one of those, oh, by the way. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so some uncomfortable... I think yeah well that's a that's a that's the mo for brian singer you know yeah which i mean i hate to say kind of hire some twinkie looking boys and then he friggin you know brings them back to the yeah yeah um i mean sean ashmore was kind of a nobody at the time right and Mm -hmm. this is another actor who was kind of made by this film series Mm -hmm. um Anyway, playing Bobby Drake. Uh, and we also get somebody who's the spitting image of Jubilee <laughs> sitting mm-hmm. next to her. So we'll just say that's a Jubilee cameo, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the lower levels of the Xavier School Institute are outfitted very tactically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a gigantic jet. I mean, we saw the laboratory where, where Jean was doing her work. Um, and you know we we have um what we will see later the i guess cerebro chamber mm-hmm. right um which got to be a big occupational hazard there's there's no um guardrails on this giant catwalk over a pit <laughs> leading out to a i'm so glad you thought of that too because i was like that is so unsafe uh, oh my god especially what happens later yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, right. And you're like, he could have ran over, <laughs> right? Not <laughs> the same thing. Like, you got to drive that wheelchair really? real carefully, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, design elements right out of the Star Wars Empire mm-hmm. universe mm-hmm. with just good thing don't he knows guardrails at all. And um, I told them, I said, I don't want any health insurance. Just put a bar here. And they said, well, if we put a railing, you're going to lean up against it all day. Exactly. That's from Family Guy. I but I love it. It's one of my favorite things in Family Guy. Anyway. Uh, sorry. All right. So we're going to. No, I remember. <laughs> it is good. That's kind of what I was thinking of, too. Uh, 
Senator Kelly still drumming up support for his trying to make the case for his uh, mutant registration act. Uh, we see him getting aboard a helicopter. He's on the phone with, I guess, a colleague, another senator who's on the fence. And uh, pointedly, he compares mutant registration to gun control mm. and says, you know, it's basically just a case of weapons in our school either way, mm. which I mean... Hilarious, well, given the given the way things have gone the last. I mean, years. really, it's like in the real world. If if there's a thing known as mutants running around with these strange, unpredictable powers, I kind of feel like ordinary humans would be pretty scared and be like, "Yes, they would be." Yeah, maybe some kind of registration maybe mm -hmm. is in order. You know what I mean? Let's 100%. maybe not lock them up in cages, but. Um, there's got to be there's got to be a middle ground here that is acceptable for everyone. Um, although you know, uh, vulnerable populations winding up on government lists historically tends to end pretty bad. So it's a double edged sword. Um, but uh, Kelly is confiding in his aide. This is uh, apparently supposed to be Henry Peter Gyrick mm. mm -hmm. again, who we've met from the animated series. Uh, but it is not, in fact, because Swerve, we get a cool transformation sequence. Uh, yeah. Gyrick is revealed to be Mystique. Mm. Uh, Rebecca remains Stamos in a lot of green makeup uh, and body paint and plastics and prosthesis. And boy, was that a process. She had to go through hell. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, it's amazing. Off like that look. You can yeah. see where they spent the money in this movie. It was on her fucking transitions because Man. they still hold up. Very little in the way of CGI still holds up from comic book movies in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Even beyond the 2000s, yep. very little holds up. Her shit looks so good. They yeah, I, fucking I really like killed it. it with Mystique. She's the best character in this movie as far as that goes as far as them nailing it with the cgi and her look is incredible yeah something about the way they do it it, it yes. looks very otherworldly but but not fake in the way it's that beautiful in the way that early 2000s cgi does look so fake right mm -hmm. looking back and they they managed to find that balance and she gets one of the better lines in this movie, too, mm -hmm. in this scene where, uh, you know, Senator Kelly's basically patting himself on the back, saying how if it was up to him, he'd he'd throw them all behind bars and there's a war coming. And that's why people like him exist. And she grabs him and tells him, people like you are the reason I was afraid to go to school as a child. And then she grabs him with his head with her feet. And she's like, yeah, she's like, yeah. <laughs> And I was just like, your badge is open this whole time. You're kicking the screen. <laughs> but I'm sorry. That's just how I think because she's very naked. Yeah, she is, very, she is yeah. entirely naked. Yes. Yeah. Her yeah. entire asshole is out. Is hanging. Her, her, you know? uh, yes. All when she it. kicked yeah. somebody and then she comes. You know. You don't, yeah. Saying, you, you don't think about these things. but I maybe, do. But yeah. most people don't. Okay. Well, I'm never not going to. Um, be able to see this scene any other yep. way mm -hmm. um 
Maybe with her shape shifting though, she could kind of <laughs> maybe she, she could kind of selectively yeah, yeah conceal say, that you, area. I was gonna say, you're gonna be constantly looking for her vag. I no, mean, I'm uh, just gonna be aren't you? Uh, I'm gonna be knowing uh, that he's staring right into right at know. the vag. Yeah. But yeah. yes, maybe her shape shifting, she can control it and she could like selectively cover that up. She's like a Ken yeah. doll. She's just smooth down there and mm -hmm. it's yeah. not weird. Hopefully. I think she could she could um Cover it up if she wanted to. Yeah, she manifests a cover. Because it if wouldn't be very sanitary to. also to be naked mm, and just sitting all around with your vag all out. Just yeah. yeah. All out. No, I see your point. I see your point. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she beats his ass, knocks him unconscious. It's awesome. And uh, then goes to join Toad in the cockpit. We haven't seen Toad um, so far. He's played by Ray Park. Uh, who was Darth From Maul, Star Wars? Right? Fresh yeah. off his death scene in Star Wars, <laughs> right? Just a year earlier. Earlier. Uh, um. All right, so you know we're going back to kind of cutting back and forth. Xavier School. Gene finishes examining Wolverine. Those are we learn about the adamantium skeleton. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of picking our spots in terms of these, these info dumps, right? Mm -hmm, learning mm -hmm. about the concept of mutants, learning about the school, um, what everybody's powers kind of are. And, Oh, by the way, he also has this, uh, skeleton made of unbreakable metal, <laughs> just FYI. And <laughs> that he that is nigh invulnerable to anything. Yes, that is his his actual mutant power. His actual way, mutant power. Yes. Yeah. It's not the, the metal because someone... <laughs> no. it was originally bone, I guess. Um, yep. But which is cool, which is kind of even cooler. But I don't know, adamantium is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. it, and they say that the only way he would be able to survive having this metal grafted onto his skeleton would be through this accelerated. Uh, healing, healing factor that anyone else I mean this would be fatal this would kill right. a normal person mm -hmm. um, and you can't walk around with however many hundreds of pounds of metal in your body it's um, clear it's been done to him right yeah, and he is, doesn't remember what he has it no recollection yeah, wouldn't that be something. so fucking weird you're yeah, like I have metal claws that shoot out of my fucking hands and is attached to my entire skeleton and I don't know how that fucking happened I can't go swimming in a pool because I sink to the bottom. Right? <laughs> right. I can't go through a metal detector because I am made of metal. As we're going to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't go through a, an airport screening process. Um, also, by the way, his advanced uh, healing ability makes it impossible to determine how mm. old he is. Right. He could be older so, than the professor, she says. Sure. Right. Which is sort of a... I don't know. Was that it's necessary? Jab. <laughs> it was funny as hell the way it was she a said fucking it. dig. It's like he could be older than you, you fuck. And he just kind of looks away, like I don't know. Well, I guess I'll just take myself and fuck myself. Then. <laughs> I guess I'll go fuck myself. I guess I'll go fuck myself then. Thank you, Gene. Uh, <laughs> you fucking cunt. You fucking cunt. <laughs> I went very hard on my body, Gene. Show some respect, Gene. I'm doing push-ups. Beast wouldn't have said that to me. Never. He I'm was doing smart this that. Where I lift myself up a few times okay. a day. So, uh, in Magneto's anyway. secret evil lair, I don't know what else to call it. It's just <laughs> a secret evil exactly lair. That's exactly what it is. Meanwhile, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. We get centered of- <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so Senator Kelly is is brought before Magneto, um, reveals, in fact, that uh, his aide, Gyrick, has been dead for some time. Mystique has just been impersonating this guy for however long it's been. So that's how they got the drop on him. Uh, and Magneto then enters this very unusual machine. He like goes through this chamber and up a little elevator. There's like all these gyroscopes. There's a fucking dance and... club up there. <laughs> yeah, it's got everything. <laughs> it's a rage bar. This is 2000s rage rape culture. <laughs> He's gonna bring it out to the woods and like. <laughs> Cloud of sperm emerges from the device. And then all you hear is, as soon as the machine starts, you hear... (laughs) 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 And then Magneto's like raving and shit. (laughs) Magneto's raving. He is. He got a pacifier in his mouth and shit. I'm just a nerd queen. Send me my team. Unfortunately, though, you guys, he took too much Molly and he collapses <laughs> after uh, after getting his rave on. Uh, uh. So, but yeah, it, 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 it this this wave of, of radiation um, <clears throat> just basically uh, washes over the senator, and it doesn't seem like it does anything. But Magneto is is in pretty rough shape after doing this. But uh, we're not going to learn what all this entails just yet, um, because at Xavier's, Wolverine is putting the moves on Dr. Jean Grey. And uh, they're they're flirting it up. Again, we see the great chemistry between these mm-hmm. these two performers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I mean, I say that he's nine foot tall. They're both nine feet tall. Yeah, she's um, very tall. She is a tall drink of water as well. And, um, you know, this is, this is going to be their relationship essentially mm-hmm. um him pursuing her from a distance kind of throughout Being thirsty as fuck yeah yeah throughout these movies um she says that she has telekinesis she can move objects with her mind what kind of objects what kinds of things all kinds of things all kinds right? of things okay. yeah and then she slams the doors behind him. slams the door on him um, also has a touch of telepathy as well, mm-hmm. and uh, he challenges her to read his mind, which uh, she she cannot resist, and she sees uh, flashes of, I guess, basically just the Weapon X project that was mm-hmm. responsible for that that adamantium bonding process that mm-hmm. we heard about earlier, and that he has uh, no recollection of. So, um, Gene is like, oh, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> Excuse me. I have Excuse a boyfriend. Me. I have and a boyfriend. we are, we're basically reminded that Cyclops is a character barely in this movie. Um, <laughs> because wow. he enters looking kind of uh-huh. as Cyclops does. Do she? Yeah. Uh, again, it, James Marsden, look. As a romantic lead, rom-com guy, charming dude, I like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of getting outclassed here. I'm afraid. I would, I would agree. Sadly, um, I would agree. I mean, yeah. I, sadly, I do sadly, like him yeah. Too. It's just I know. I hate to say it. It's not bad. It's just not it. 
Mm-hmm. It's not it. Mm-hmm. It's not it. So anyway, he and Logan have a tense exchange. I don't know. He comes off looking insecure with his whole "stay away mm-hmm. from my girl." Stay away like, from it my just girl. stay away. From which me. he even says he he's not going to say, but then he says it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't love it. Um, later, Logan is asleep. He's having these nightmares now. Good job, Gene. Thanks. Um, these visions that she, I guess, unlocked in his brain. And I didn't really understand why Rogue is in his room. I mean, I, I get that she's trying to wake him up because he seems to be having <laughs> violent. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> how dare <Sir>. you? <laughs> That's very Sir. inappropriate of you. <laughs> but anyway, there she Stay is. Wrong, also. Uh, well, um, maybe she was looking for his weed. You never know. Yeah. Oh, could be. Could be she's <laughs> going through his shit. He uh he wakes up and we get a, a guttural roar, great, great roar from Wolverine, and just kind of like instinctively stabs her through the fucking chest. Mm. Um, Badass. Yeah. That scene. Yeah, and so she's I mean, she's just dying now. Mm. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh so what she does is she touches him. Uh, just in time to absorb enough of his healing factor to uh, repair her wounds, which we see. Fucking um, cool, too. Very it cool. looks yeah. so cool. It does that vascular thing. And the then vascular all, thing. All the mm-hmm. little holes just like healing the up. The holes just close up. Yeah. It's perfect. It looks so cool. I, I just always loved that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, she goes running out. She's fine now. But, um, Logan is left Logan's far out. Yeah. Again, <laughs> Logan's he's, out. He's broken out. He's broken out on the floor. Um, also, now, we, I want to say uh, this because I've wanted to say it my entire life. I've never had a spot to say it because it never made sense. Okay. And I don't know if this will hit with anybody else, but Rogue's nightgown in this, in this scene, scene. Mm-hmm. she wears gloves. I think she had gloves on because she didn't she have to take it off. Normally she does wear those long kind of opera gloves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a backless like nightgown. Yes. Yeah. No, she has long sleeves. She doesn't have gloves. She just has long sleeves. And then it and then it's backless. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like a dress. (laughs) He's saying that's not a look that you rocked in the two. No, I'm I loved it, but Mm -hmm. it just seemed very odd for her age and her setting because yeah. it looks like she's trying to go get some D. Um, what did I tell Logan. you? So, yeah, you guys said, you said, sir, and I was like, well, I'm at, and I, but you're not maybe, wrong. Listen, she's being inappropriate. Logan's not being inappropriate. He's like, All listen, he did was kid. Stab her, so he's yeah. like, listen, I'm gonna, All he stab did was you. stab her. Well, he stabbed her, which is probably more. Is it more or less inappropriate what he could have done to her? <laughs> well, he True. couldn't have done shit. He couldn't I have done shit more. to her, to be honest, because yeah. she, could she couldn't have done shit either. That's right. Um, they can't do anything. That's the thing. Is, as much as we would like to read some kind of perverse intent into this, she knows this is the cross she has to bear, right? This yeah, is she's not doing yeah. She's, she's, she's There's no girl. intimate physical contact happening with anybody for as long as she cannot control her powers. Um, Which is very was, sad. Very just sad. for the record, she was like 18 when this movie was mm-hmm. made. I yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up. 
I just want to go on record. So I'm believing that this is a oh, very young yeah. rogue, but she's still mm. over the age limit. She, she's she's still at school, but yes, she's well, eighteen. You know, listen, just because somebody's in school doesn't mean they're a child. There are a lot of stupid people. Still right, school. right, that's true. Most of the yeah. stupid people. Are Most still of the stupid school. people are still in school. <laughs> How I understand? I'm pretty sure that John Bender is like forty-five in the Breakfast Club. So, you know, exactly. Um, all right, now back on Magneto Island again. I don't know what to call this place. We learn what the effect it's Gen- is. It's Genosha. Is it? I think it's a makeshift no, Genosha. I think it's a Too makeshift small. Genosha. Uh, maybe, maybe they're kind of hinting at it, but it seems a little small for a... It does seem a little small. But it is um, an island. It is an island. They show it when they're going on the helicopter. Is it not the coolest thing in the world that he has the, uh... The thing on the desk that the little balls that go back and forth. Oh, yeah. They're just hanging there, snapping back and forth on their own. I love that. Yeah, I think they were too broken broken in an earlier scene. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think he knocked him on the floor. Now the coolest uh, part is when he goes across the big chasm, mm, and he's just yes, bringing up, yeah, he's bringing just up walking, the middle, uh-huh. yep. and making oh a walk. Oh, that's oh. my 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 he's favorite. Making his own runway like a queen. He just <laughs> made, oh, yeah. So oh god! Oh, so fucking good. I'm every woman. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Amazing. It's amazing too because Michael Fassbender does not play Magneto as like an old queen, which is really right, funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which he I, does something the thing different. Is, I do still really like anyway, I don't want to get into I did too. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot. I do really like his Magneto, but no, A lot. he sadly is is not the uh flamboyant. You know, um <laughs> queer rage Magneto. embodies. So uh, we learned the effect of Magneto's rave um, from earlier on <laughs> Senator Kelly, who was quite hungover. It appears he he's struggling, um, but he manages to squeeze his head between the bars of his cell. Nice. Which, um, I don't know if that's weird. something he should be able to do. He, yeah. like, Maybe he, he was like, "Wait a minute, I'm a mutant yeah. now." I was going to so, say, apparently there was. Apparently there was poppers in the uh, in the wave that Magneto oh sent. He, yeah, poppers. he's been transformed by excessive poppers uh, mm-hmm. consumption. Um, but yeah, he's like all squishy now, and he's all squishy. Now. <laughs> he squeezes through those bars. Did you guys ever have a? Uh, you remember the toy Stretch Armstrong? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is what he's turned into. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, you know, after Magneto makes his own runway to uh, so to cool. the senator's uh prison cell, which is great, he's like, Where is he? and they find him outside hanging from the edge of a cliff. Um, that's not cool. And nope. basically, Magneto says, You know, you're one of us now, yes. Um, so congratulations, yeah. Oh, uh, Sabretooth tries to retrieve him. It looks like a big dumbass. That's so funny. <laughs> because he just, again, the Stretch Armstrong slipperiness. Uh, Senator Kelly just, just kind of wriggles <clears throat> out of his grasp and falls seemingly to his death <laughs> in the water. Mm-hmm. I, this scene is, I don't think it's meant to be funny, but I die every time it I watch funny. this scene. Because it, it really it's is. Like, 
Sabretooth is like, oops. oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> looks so disgusted. He's it's like, like oh, you idiot. Fucking children. You yeah, work idiot. with children. <laughs> yeah, Magneto, Magneto looks work at him and goes, what a, children. what a fucking surprise. Yeah. You, you're an unserious person. <laughs> yeah. You're not um, serious people. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess that's that for Senator mm-hmm. Kelly. Magnino's like, well. Except. Um, not, not exactly what I wanted, but I guess I proved my, my rave was a hit. So, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but yeah, uh, the senator did survive. He is now mutated into some kind of fish-like creature um sure yeah he yeah makes his way to shore alarming a whole bunch of uh beachgoers i, I don't so, know where this is can i pose a question at this Please. juncture about Absolutely. the functionality of magneto's machine and oh. it makes everyone into a mutant is that yeah, uh, yes. to it understand makes- it makes it, it mutates normal people. It causes yes, ordinary humans who do not have um, this X gene, so to speak, mm-hmm. causes them to mutate. Um, it, it seemingly has no effect on people who are regular mutants. Right. I felt yeah. like it but, was like it, it unlocked the latent mutant gene inside people. Maybe sure. so, but then sure. I just got to wondering that. what that looks like in everyone. Is it the same mutation um, mm. for everyone oh. in the way in the radiation wave? Good question. Or is it you get hit with it and then just whatever your body naturally has, then it mm-hmm. mutates, and then that would be whatever. We don't know. Like, right? It could be anything. So he did. Uh, yeah, he knew that the senator was going to mutate. Would, but would he did mutate, not yes. know into what form that would take. Mm, right. Correct. Correct. So it just seems weird that he would let him get away in this scenario. Yeah, and that he would just kind of leave him unguarded. Right. Not because the nature of mutation is to be unpredictable. Right. right? And you, you don't know what you radiated this be. man, and you need. You probably don't need him running like, around. He could have on beaches. Yeah. Uh, it, well, interesting. What if he had ended up with a very useful mutation? Exactly. Right? Like, I don't know, shooting energy beams out of your eyes, right? <laughs> so that he could have freed himself, or you know, just it is weird that he would just do this and be like, "All right, now I'm gonna just leave you in this like makeshift prison cell, and mm-hmm. that's that, and but- who knows." Um, what is going to come of you in this mutation that I have um, basically forced upon you? Like, yeah. Also, just, yeah. I feel like... It's a weird Magneto, way to find out. Magneto is a little bit sadistic enough mm-hmm. to just cut him loose and go, fuck you, you're a mutant, figure out your life, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, he just yeah. dim- dismisses him. Um, like, my machine worked, you're a mutant, fuck yeah. you go about your day mm-hmm. yeah because it's like a prison for the senator personally for mm-hmm. magneto because he hates him and he knows how he feels about mutants so he's forcing him to live as a mutant right so he yes. doesn't care what happens to him yes so, all magneto needed was a test subject it, it exactly. could have been any it could have been anyone he he pointed out he just wanted to demonstrate 
and proved that his machine worked. Um, that he chose the senator is just kind of a, I don't know, some poetic justice, I guess. He just wanted to fuck in, him up. In Magneto's mind, mm-hmm. um, because what better target than this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, what better test subject? And yeah, sure enough, it does work. Beyond that, does he does Magneto have any particular use for the senator? No, but probably did not intend to um, throw him, literally throw him to his doom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, unintended consequence there, but oh well, at least we established my machine works. <laughs> um, but yeah, he washes up on this beach. Uh, here's where we get our requisite Stan Lee cameo mm-hmm. as a uh, hot dog vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that. Is it his first? I guess it would be. Um, well, he'd been doing, like, he was in some of those, uh, gosh, going back to the uh, the Incredible Hulk uh, mm. made-for-TV uh, films with uh, Bill Bixby and mm. Lou Ferrigno. Is he, is he in? I don't think he's in Blade, though. <sighs> I can't remember. I uh, want to say he is. Yeah, I don't think he is. I want to say he is, but I, I honestly, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. Um, Blades are stretch. That was his thing for the longest time. It might have been at the end. But like Blades a stretch, I think, just because he had nothing to do with the creation. Uh, of it says it right. was cut. It, his first theatrical cameo was this, but his original cameo from Blade was cut from the final film. Oh, really? oh okay. Well, that's yeah. a shame. He was oh. a cop. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's a stretch though because he had he had nothing to do with the creation of Blade, of Blade or the, right, of the yeah. development of, of the development of the character in the comics and stuff. I mean that's yeah that's out that's like well after he's I think gone yeah, from not not a logical character yeah. association or appearance. Yeah, you're just putting him in there just for like you said, just to be cool. You mm. know. All right. So at uh, the Xavier Institute we have now Bobby, supposedly Bobby anyway, confronting Rogue. He tells her she crossed a line when she used her powers against another mutant. Um, said she had no choice. I mean, she mm-hmm. was kind of dying, my dude. Yeah, um, what the fuck is wrong with you, Bobby? <laughs> but uh, Bobby says the professor is pissed. The other students are scared shitless. So he doesn't know what's going to happen to her. Rogue does not want to make any further waves here, so she flees she's getting the hell out of dodge um you know going back on the run basically and this is where we see things are not fully as they seem with bobby the Mm -hmm. the eyes have it right Mm -hmm. um and this is where we now are going to pull up on the mutant tracking device cerebro which uh, can only be used by a powerful telepath a very skilled and powerful telepath like charles xavier um, and he's going to use that to find Rogue. Again, it's it's in a room all its own in just kind of the middle of this giant like space. There's a catwalk and a chasm on either side. Osho would have a fucking field day with this place. Really, you got to imagine this is this is a massive safety yeah. hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely is. But uh. Anyway, Xavier uses it to uh, track Rogue down to the train station, sends Cyclops and Storm after her. Wolverine goes into business for himself. He steals Cyclops' motorcycle, Mm -hmm. and uh, he joins the pursuit. Um, 
Bobby now uh, fully revealed as Mystique uh, basically impersonates Professor X to gain access to the Cerebro chamber. I don't know what to call it. Uh, Uses some kind of, I don't know what this shit is, some toxic chemical to like sabotage Cerebro, just Mm -hmm. plugs it in. Yeah, I I was confused about what that was as well. Some kind of gunk. We never really get any kind of. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tie it. I can't even be like, well, it's probably from the yeah, some kind yeah. of, you know, who knows? So, but anyway, we'll put a pin on that. Put a pin in that for now. Uh, Wolverine actually catches up with Rogue first. She is actually on the train. And um, Cyclops and Storm are at the train station itself. They get attacked by Toad and Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. Toad knocks Cyclops's visor <clears throat> off and. Well, the as Wolverine puts it later, the train station gets a sunroof. Yep. Um, just obliterates the, the roof of the station. He's pretty much out of the fight because he can't see now. Uh, Storm being accosted by Sabretooth. This is kind of... Look, Storm's not great in this movie either. <laughs> mm. We'll just say. Um, I kind of think this is her best scene where she just calls down this... I think it is. Yeah. gigantic lightning blast because he's it looks like it, she is at Sabretooth's mercy right mm-hmm. when realistically all she needed was this opening now the open air of, of the train station calls down this bolt of lightning that just sends Sabretooth flying I mean she pushed his shit in <laughs> so good um, and yeah did not give him the scream that uh mm-hmm. He demanded. So she holds her own pretty well here, I think. And I don't know. Should we talk about how Halle Berry and her accent sort of going in and out throughout this movie? I don't blame her for that. I think I would kind of put that down to um, poor direction, probably, or inconsistent direction. Let's let's bring, let's blame Brian Singer. Let, yeah. Let's go ahead. Why not? Honestly, I mean, let's. let's let, anything that's wrong with this movie is even his if fault. he's even if it wasn't his fault, he sucks. So let's. He just sucks. So him. yeah, fuck yeah. him. I think Halle Berry has taken enough flack over the years. I would agree. Frankly, I undeserved. Agree. Her only crime is not being Angela Bassett. Bless <laughs> her heart. I mean, I who mean, is? she can't help it. Mm-mm. She's not Angela Bassett. Bless her heart. And look, they didn't give her much to do. It's not a no. storm-heavy movie, and she did. No, I mean she was fine. She looks she, the yeah. part. She's you know she doesn't sound it too much, but it's fine. Yeah, she's serviceable. Yeah, she's she's fine. She is one at least who gets better. I think over the course of and that's this film series. You can't say that about everyone. You can You sure can't. Like for as much as. Um, People criticize, you know, X Men: The Last Stand, that third movie. Mm. Um, that's kind of her coming out party. Yeah, it is. She's she's pretty damn good in that. So, uh, in any case, uh, look on the train. Wolverine is is making the case to Rogue, saying maybe you ought to give this Xavier guy a, a chance. Nobody wants you to leave. You know, come back with us. Well, Magneto's gonna spoil this little pity party. Sure is. Um, he makes a dramatic entrance. He's actually levitating uh, mm. in this scene, which Love is it. cool. 
He rips see. up half the fucking train, too. Mm-hmm. Rips up half the train. People are fleeing in terror, it's as great. you do. Um, sort of flirts with uh, doing some pretty horrific things to Wolverine, given yep. that yep. he is... Covered the in metal. worst possible person mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. fight a man who can control metal. Yep. Uh, but um, basically sends Wolverine on his way. Wolverine's demanding to know what Magneto wants with him. Great reveal. Great mm-hmm. twist, I thought, at this mm-hmm. sort of, you know, closing out our second act here. Magneto, who said I wanted anything with you? I uh, love it. And it is Rogue who he has this interest in, which makes all the sense in the world. We were never told, it was never explicitly said, Mm -hmm. Magneto was after Wolverine. He just happened to be with Rogue in every scene where Mm -hmm. people are coming after them, right? So It was really good. Like, really well done. assumed, yeah. Plus, it's kind of that whole, well, Wolverine's the most important character. Of Mm -hmm. course he's after Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. Swerve. So I love this. I think it works on multiple levels. I think it's just a really good, whether you're like an X-Men fan or not, it's just a good storytelling beat right here where um, now we, we know, oh shit, it's Rogue. He was after all along and um, he in fact takes her out and he uses a syringe, I guess, tranquilizer or something, to knock her out. Mm-hmm. And uh, collects the rest of his brotherhood, and they are on their way. So the X-Men kind of take an L here at the train station. But, and then um, Magneto gets that wonderful scene in front of the cops. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, where mm-hmm. him and, him and uh, Mag- uh, Magneto and Charles have a, a brain-to-brain a a... talk. Mm-hmm. They do a little back and forth here. Yep. Magneto gets to smash up some cop cars. That was um, great. Turns the the cops and their guns against them. He uh, threatens to shoot one. I mean, he does fire a gun directly at one cop's head. It stops the bullet. Yeah, like millimeters from mm-hmm. entering his temple, uh, and then just cocks all of them and. and Xavier now makes his move. Um, he cannot, and this is an important, another thing we're establishing, right? More lore here. Xavier cannot probe Magneto's mind or affect him telepathically because he's wearing the helmet. Mm-hmm. And as, he uses uh, Sabretooth to do it. Right. So as a proxy, he takes possession of Sabretooth to uh, throttle <laughs> Magneto. Mm-hmm. Um Toad is a little bit easy to uh, take advantage of, too, off, mm-hmm. off to the side, it seems like. And uh, Magneto's like, look, you better let me go, because I don't think I could stop them all. <laughs> God is so good. He's so fucking stop good. Them all. And, it's just, and Xavier's it's like, mm, it's just, not going to take my chances. Yeah, That mm-hmm. sort of almost bored-sounding delivery. Mm -hmm. it's like sort of condescending but so matter of fact at the same time like it's you can't really argue with him because it's like he's been there done that right Mm -hmm. like we see some shit yeah and that's what makes the the magneto character Mm -hmm. so great as he is convincing Mm -hmm. for all of his misdeeds you're like god damn this guy kind of has a fucking point like (laughs) 
<laughs> can't really argue against. I know he's the bad guy, but I can't can't really muster much of a defense here. So uh, yeah, so this is a great scene. Um, and yeah, so the helmet blocks uh, Xavier's telepathy, which we talked about in previous episodes of this podcast was not a thing until this movie. This this movie invented that that idea that invention of of the helmet not just a fashion choice but a a very important uh, accessory and defense mechanism so um we're gonna regroup back at uh xavier's and wolverine wants to find rogue immediately now um he's pissed that xavier was wrong and uh that's where we get the explanation about the helmet and Wolverine's like, whatever you said, he was after me. And now she's in danger. I'm going to go find her. Uh, but as soon as he is about to leave the mansion, we have a very dis- disheveled Senator Kelly at Xavier's doorstep. Right. And he is asking for Dr. Jean Grace as he did not know where else to go. And we learned that uh, the machine, of course, that did this to him, it's causing these mutations that are very unnatural, right? You can't really force this in a human being who is, who is not, I guess, a natural mutant. So his cells are breaking down and this is inevitably going to be fatal. Uh, Magneto does not know this may not particularly care, but um, this is bad news for the Senator. Um, They still don't know, however, what Magneto wants exactly with Rogue until they piece together, you know, using this machine, it nearly killed Magneto, powering it up. He was left very weakened uh, after using this, you know, just once on the Senator. But if he were to transfer a portion of his powers to Rogue, he could avoid that, sacrifice her in his place. We get another, I'm just going to say, unintentionally funny bit where, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, again, I don't, I'm not ragging on Halle Berry, I promise, but Storm is like doing her best to comfort the, the dying Senator Kelly. <laughs> like they're having this conversation, I know, like they're having this conversation. He asked her, sometimes normal people, <laughs> she says, sometimes, which uh, maybe not the right answer. Ever. Sometimes, like, sometimes. who says that? I suppose I'm afraid of them. And, uh, all right, fair enough. Maybe not the thing to say while this man is dying, but anyway. <laughs> He then, like, his body, like, rapidly expands and fills with fluid. He turns into, like, a giant puddle and then just spills. spills literally spills everywhere. all over the floor. He also has the best sound effect because it goes... <laughs> 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 the best sound effect. <laughs> I can't even do it right. I'd have to be gargling I think water. You got <laughs> it. I think you got it. Uh, so, um, it and I have to like say, gross. yes, yes, I have to say, like a true superhero, Storm reacts with complete revulsion, mm-hmm. runs out of the room in terror. This is, I'm it's sorry, amazing. this is amazing. Amazing. As she should. I'm sorry. it's amazing. This is it's not amazing. my storm. I just, his death scene is so good. 
her, her reaction is so inappropriate. I love she's it. She's like, this man just died, and she's like, ew, get it away from yeah. me, and he runs out of the room. When he's like, he starts like pissing himself, like all yeah. the water just starts leaking out at the bottom, yeah. and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> so... Bad, I'm just bad look for storm. Bad look for storm here. Um, and that's that. <laughs> that's Senator Kelly. Nice knowing you. Fuck him, also. <laughs> but um, at this point, we're going to uh, take the fight to Magneto. So Xavier is is saying Wolverine is is going to join the others. Um, he is going to be useful in a combat situation, if nothing else. Cyclops isn't too happy about that. Again, welcome back to the movie, I guess. Um, and, of course, we have to find Rogue and Magneto. So, back to Cerebro it is. But, remember, Mystique uh, contaminated it with diarrhea in a vial. <laughs> um, so, Tracks. apparently, this has a very uh, negative, adverse uh, effect on poor Professor Xavier, who very nearly wheels himself off the catwalk mm-hmm. when uh, yeah, he experiences some sort of psychic backlash i don't know what's going on here but he's in a coma now whoops that sucks um so he's out of the fight uh cyclops gets an okay scene where he's like looking over his fallen mentor and says he'll take care of the school if anything should happen Mm -hmm. so that's that's nice all well and good um all right we're gonna flush out the diarrhea because gene is stepping up to the plate now got cerebro fixed and she really shouldn't be using this because again she is not uh, a telepath of of professor xavier's skill and power it could be dangerous for for someone like her as we uh established earlier but um this is just what we've got to do we have no other options and she does use it. Um, it kind of doesn't grow great for her, but uh, she she has one of those very Jean Grey esque like psychic orgasm mm. reactions, and mm. and keeping with the animated series, so mm-hmm. that's nice. Um, but she gets enough to uh, basically ascertain that the Brotherhood are based out of Liberty Island. That's where they're going to use the machine on a mass scale. They're going to mutate. A gathering of world leaders at the UN. So that's Magneto's big play. We've got to go off now to stop him. Uh, Brotherhood get to kill several guards in the course of infiltrating Liberty Island. So we establish their badassery. Uh, Magneto admits to Rogue that he is going to kill her, but her sacrifice will be for the greater good, ensuring the mutant survival uh, mutants will no longer be slaughtered for being born different from the, those who are in power because the powerful Jenny will themselves mm-hmm. become mutants. Mm. So the mutant cause will it's be a good their plan. Own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting plan. Uh, we'll see. I- again, he doesn't know that this is actually just going to uh, be a long road to death for <laughs> very painful and unpleasant mm-hmm. death for, for these people. But again, I'm not sure that would stop him. We uh, are now flying the X-Jet. I don't know if it's called that in this movie, but I always knew this as the Blackbird. You know, the animated series Mm -hmm. calls it the Blackbird. These movies call it the X-Jet, whatever. 
uh, Wolverine gets his famous line complaining about the uh, leather jumpsuits they have to wear with uh, Cyclops getting his one sort of comeback in this movie. Would you prefer yellow spandex? Love it. Big pop. Big pop. Good stuff. I remember Big Pop in the movies, and I never remember Mm -hmm. shit like that, but Mm -hmm. I remember that. I do remember that, too. Although it is weird that he would make the leap from, okay, something a little ill-fitting, like this leather, it's it's hot, it's, it's kind of inflexible, to yellow spandex. It's probably somewhere along the way that um, y- y- you could find a, a middle ground, I guess is what I'm saying. But the joke doesn't work if if he says... What what would you prefer? Right. Sensible uniforms. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So the X Men make their way to the Statue of Liberty. Interesting scene for our closing act here. Mm-hmm. Where we're going to have a lot of fighty fighty action. Wolverine sets off a metal detector, which is great. Um, flips Cyclops the middle claw. I love that. That's amazing. Yes, it's a great scene. <laughs> Just has to be done. Yep. Uh, he is sensing another presence there with him, but he can't, he doesn't see, he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, and it is attacked out of nowhere by Mystique in his own form. So we've got two Wolverines, you guys. Two. Two. So in the confusion now, uh, they're going to make off and have their own little separate battle. Toad ambushes the remaining X-Men. He gets the better of Storm, spits some green goop on Jean's face so she can't <laughs> breathe. Mm. Cyclops is dealing with her. Um, I feel like her telekinesis could maybe ought to be able to handle this, but I wondered about that a little bit. Her uh, telekinesis seems a little, I don't know, weak sauce in, in this first movie. I'm just gonna say. And she talks about how you know she's not fully developed or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why it seems, you know, haven't you been a telepath since you were for a her? minute now? Yeah, yeah it's like um, but I like the Wolverine fight a lot. Like yes, with Mystique as himself and as herself. Um, and I've seen pretty a lot inventive. Of, yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of these comic book movie fight scenes, but this one kind of legit holds up. Mm-hmm. It's good. It doesn't. There's it doesn't some take too mm-hmm. long, and there's some really great spotlights for both of them. Mm-hmm. Some interesting and unusual fight choreography here. Yes. You can tell, like, somebody sat down and was like, all right, how do we really make this stand out? Uh, because it does. And it goes on for a little minute, but um, she tries to trick him by posing as Storm, uh, but that doesn't work because he can detect when she is basically using her powers. And uh, he stabs her right in the gut, mm-hmm. just like that. Sure looking like Mystique has bit the dust here. Mm. Uh, And so, rejoining his teammates now, Cyclops is questioning Wolverine's authenticity. He's like, how do we know it's you? (laughs) We get another good exchange here. Wolverine just goes, you're a dick. You're a dick. And then Cyclops is like, yeah, all right. Okay. I like, I like though, earlier is when they walk in and he goes, something doesn't seem right. And he goes, keep your eye open. Keep your eye open. <laughs> keep your eye open. Those are great. Those yeah. are really so, I mean, we're getting to that, like, banter kind of fun dynamic between these two, which I 
you know, wish we could have seen more of, but this is kind of the extent of it, really, in this this one movie. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, Magneto is now going to join the fight here. At, well, Storm has to make uh, <laughs> has to dispatch Toad. We we can't step over her what should be her great one liner, right? That again just not a, not a good look for her she has the infamous botch you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning and uh it's in, instead the of saying same something thing that like, happens to everything else yes this being uh one of uh joss whedon's um two contributions to the script that made it into the movie Oh, really? The other one was the was the prove it you're a dick uh, uh, exchange. Yeah. Yeah. So he had like the best and the worst lines. He's one for two. Yeah. <laughs> My God, I am told now. I I don't I, I don't know that this has ever really been substantiated. But another podcast I listen to, Power of X Men, really good stuff they do. Shout out. Um, that at some point. The script was revised in in such a way that this line was meant to be the payoff to like a running gag that got cut out. Mm-hmm. Where Toad throughout the movie was supposed to be saying things like, what happens to a Toad when it does this? What does a Toad look like when it does that? Like it was supposed to be ah. like a, a thing with him where he was, he would have these little mm-hmm. one-liners. And this would be her kind of comeback. You know? It's still a terrible line. It, it is. It's not. It's still not good, but it would have made sense had apparently some of the earlier material that was scripted for Toad mm. made it into the movie. But no. So this is just a totally orphaned payoff that makes no sense and is just a really bad line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, doing doing storm storm real dirty here with that. No favors. But, um, no favors. No. All right. So Magneto now enters the fray. He uh, pins everybody to the wall in somewhat compromising positions. Uh, Wolverine cannot free himself without uh, popping his claws into his own body, mm-hmm. um, which seems like it would suck and. But Cyclops he would heal is, from, though. He would heal from. It's just, you know, you got to have the balls to, to do mm-hmm. it. Uh, Cyclops is staring Gene dead in the face, and mm-hmm. Magneto removes his visor, telling you better close your eyes. <laughs> so he cannot open his eyes without blowing Gene's head off. Um, seems like a problem. A Storm... Bit. Storm dares not dare not use her lightning because they're in a giant copper conductor, which will kill everyone. Oh yes, a giant copper conductor. Um, and he says, "I thought you school." Yes. Good. condescending. Now, uh, Rogue is strapped to the machine, um, and basically crying out for help wolverine tells magneto he is full of shit if he was really so self-righteous he'd be the one up there making the sacrifice play but uh 
Magneto kind of just ignores him and makes off. Rogue now in the driver's seat. Magneto touches her head that forces her to absorb his powers. And automatically, that machine starts powering up. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Wolverine does, though, pop his claws indeed uh, in a pretty gross scene through his own body. But successfully frees himself. Uh, now we get the big showdown with Sabretooth, who is going to prove to be a bit of a distraction while this machine is still powering up. And uh, another pretty cool fight scene. I thought this the scenes from this fight scene would make the you know make the rounds in the previews and stuff. Yeah. This is like mm-hmm. a lot of people's first exposure to the movie. I think came from these guys fighting on the the Statue of Liberty. I agree. So that's fun. Uh, but we're gonna get rid of Sabretooth when uh, we make our way back inside uh, the statue, I guess. And Wolverine finds Scott's visor, tosses it in the air. Gene telekinetically moves it in front of Scott's face, says, now you can open your eyes. And Sabretooth is blasted out of the statue, apparently to his death, (laughs) because I don't think we see him again throughout this series of films, at least. No. There's some, you know, earlier, some prequel stuff with Sabretooth, but... For all intents and purposes, he's done now. Uh, so, you know, we've got to deal with Rogue and Magneto. Cyclops can't risk blasting the machine while Rogue is still inside. So Storm uses a big, powerful gust of wind to propel Wolverine up and over. Jean using her telekinesis to... Again, why doesn't she just use her telekinesis to levitate him up there, right? Why are we doing stuff with wind? Teamwork, man. Teamwork. Yeah, I, I guess that's what we need to do, right? Um, anyway, she used her telekinesis to steady him as much as possible, uh, just counteracting Magneto's power at the same time, who's uh, trying to prevent Wolverine from destroying the machine. Meanwhile, Cyclops is like, hey, I've got a shot. Uh, Gene's telling him to hold off for as long as he can, but he says he's got to take it, and he does, drops Magneto, and Wolverine is then able to destroy the machine. Uh, however, uh, Rogue is pretty wiped out by this ordeal. And again, uh, Wolverine uh, embraces her, causes her to absorb his powers, his healing mm-hmm. powers, uh, possibly now at the cost of his own <clears throat> life. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And she gets a nifty uh, little streak in her hair for her she, she does. So she's okay. The only mm-hmm. ill effect is seemingly a, a white streak in her hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan does recover. Again, he, he has a healing factor himself. So she didn't steal all of it, I guess. Professor X comes out of his coma as well. So the day is saved. Mystique, though, revealed to be alive on television. She's now impersonating the deceased Senator Kelly. Yes. He's now publicly reversed his position on mutants. How about that? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I like this. this idea. Lead? Yeah. But um, Xavier does make good on his promise to help Logan learn more about his past, uh, directs him to an abandoned military compound at Alkali Lake, somewhere in the 
Canadian Rockies. That's a, mm-hmm. the only possible lead he has now. It says go there, see what you can find out. Uh, Rogue sort of bids Wolverine a, a very starry-eyed farewell. She's, again, kind of smitten, crushing on him. Uh, but uh, he gives her his dog tax and says, hey, it's not goodbye forever. I'll be back for these. So just stick with these guys. They're good people. So she's going to remain with the X-Men. He's going to see what he can find out. And in our kind of epilogue, we uh, come in on Xavier now visiting Magneto in his plastic prison cell. Love that. Uh, Yeah. What else are you going to do? And they're playing chess. Sort of an iconic scene. Mm -hmm. Very true to their relationship. Magneto asking Charles what he will do when they ultimately pass that mutant registration act and they come for him and his students xavier saying he feels a great swell of pity (laughs) for the poor soul who comes to Uh his school looking for trouble magneto says his plastic plastic prison will not hold him forever vows to fight the coming war by any means necessary with xavier promising he will always be there to oppose him Nice. It's our movie. Uh, yeah. I love that um, plastic prison. Like, mm-hmm. I started thinking. Right? I started thinking about the logistics of a plastic prison. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fascinating that, like, they don't know what to do with mutants, clearly, as a whole. But they have a plastic, you know, <laughs> they, like, holding. Yeah, they had to come up with this, this sort man. of on the, yeah, like, yeah. Like it had to take some ingenuity. Was it did did Xavier help them like construct this? How long did it take? I have questions about Hmm. this. You know, so like, but he's only in that prison because he needs to plan his next move. Like if obviously if if he did not want to be there, he would not be there. Like I get it. He eventually finds his way out in the second movie anyway. But, um, like, in general, this has some of my favorite, like, character beats um, Mm -hmm. across all of the X-Men movies. And it's a really good introduction to the world and the characters. And majority of it really does hold up. For me. I'm not sure how you guys feel. Uh, Yes. Yes. Go ahead, Keith. No, no, I was going to say the same. I agree with you completely. Okay. I mean, it still holds up. I mean, it's still a great movie. Um, yeah, there's some parts. Like, you know, I think there's some things that could have been... There's some nitpick um, stuff. Yeah, Yeah, but, I mean, overall, compared to... I guess what we kind of get later on with the later movies of the new cast, it's like, this mm-hmm. is great. And this cast as well. I think this is great, you know? Yeah, I think it's a little bit forgotten, too, because there are just so many of these right. movies now that you sort of, when you pull it back to this very first one that, that kicked them all off, mm-hmm. and you're like, it, it feels a little bit quaint in some ways, mm-hmm. because it's it's not doing the spectacle. It, it doesn't have the, yeah, the, the power creep that would come mm-hmm. into play in mm-hmm. some of the, the later entries, which I understand is inevitable, but... Um, 
Yeah, I, I kind of still like this first one as, as much as I ever did, which is to say when it came out, I mean, look, expectations for me. I mean, I'd been hearing about they're making an X-Men movie. They're making an X-Men movie all throughout the 90s, right? Just thinking it's probably never going to happen. No, this is just a pipe dream. They'll never actually get this off the ground. And then to finally opening day, be able to see it. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, go, yeah, but a lot of these movies really, really are not good. Um, yeah. And yeah. sort of watching this like between my fingers in front of my face, you know, thinking, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Side eyeing it a little bit. Can they pull it off? Can they pull it off? Ooh, that line was a little rough, but that's mm-hmm. okay. We're keeping it moving. And like, and then you get to the end and you're like, I think, I think they, they kind of did it. Like they kind of did. They, it wasn't perfect, but people seem pretty happy with this. Like, mm. I think this. I can confidently say this was actually a good movie. And you, re- I mean, you can even compare this to to later just superhero films like pre MCU. Mm-hmm. This is a much better movie than something like just just a random like something like Daredevil, right? The Ben Affleck. Right. I'm not trying to yeah. pick on that movie. I'm, right. well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm really not like. Right. It's which is I'm not saying that movie is awful, but this is much better than something much like better, that. Yes. You know what I mean? And the it's, rewatchability is off the charts because it really is. I've yeah. seen this one a billion times, a hundred percent. Like, mm-hmm. and it never like I if it's on because it's on FX every other fucking day, man. Like, <laughs> yes. If I'm ever watching shit and it's just on, like I'm putting it on, and I'm I'm it, always happy to put this movie on. It moves at a cool clip. It's well paid. Awesome. Like, again, sub two hours, which is yes, amazing. Deal. And what they're Unlike able to do with podcast. Their... Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> it got a little <laughs> out of control. Seventy-five million dollar budget. What they're able to do with that is mm-hmm. just incredibly incredible. remarkable. Um, yeah, I just I I think if anything, this is indicative of the potential that the series has. So it's like mm-hmm. even if it isn't perfect i'm like it's a really great starting point and it is i'm feeling really good about the future of x-men on film if nothing else and honestly about the level of fan service because i feel like they gave us a lot and they do when Uh it comes to that and reaching out maybe kind of catering a bit to those animated series fans yes Um, it seemed it seems to have a lot of that same spirit as the animated series to me in this first movie. Mm. I'm glad you said that because I don't know if I can really explain this, but I feel like this movie, maybe this the first three movies, honestly, are a better adaptation of the animated series than they are the comics directly. Comic. Yeah, okay. Which doesn't seem like it makes sense because I think the animated series is a very good adaptation of the comics. But it's sort of like that one step removed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Once you mm-hmm. get to the movies, it feels like they're really taking their cues from from the show. Show. I, I, I feel that. Which 100%. is fine. I mean, yeah. yeah which is probably why we all responded to it, honestly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we we recognize that in the movie. And that's what we wanted in the movie, I think, was that same spirit. Absolutely. So it's 
it's imperfect, but it's it's an incredibly fun watch. Um, again, it it it's one that I can always come back to, and makes me feel good about where we're headed. Um, uh-huh. Looking forward to doing it again soon. This uh, is on Disney Plus. Uh, yep. Was recently added back to Disney Plus this month. Uh-huh. And I think as of the time you're hearing this podcast, the second film has also been added back. Oh, um, awesome. No oh, good. Yeah. So that will be yeah. um, coming up in a couple episodes here for us. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. So I don't know. So how out of so ranking this like we would, you know, an episode mm-hmm. from the show out of five X's, what, what do you give this movie? Oh, that one's tough. Yeah. Um. Part of me just wants to give it the five because I want to, and it means a lot to me. It's like, at, thinking on it, that sh- that movie means a lot to me, and I didn't even really kind of realize that. Uh-huh. Um. Ooh. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do the five because I, wow. I think it deserves it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not perfect, but. For me personally, it has a lot of things wrapped up in it. So, okay, Keith, I'm like I don't want to go next. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go next either. It's the funny thing is that it's really hard for me to not grade this based off of the other movies, right? As well, That's my yeah, I tried well. to remove that. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. It's so hard, though, because Mm -hmm. I think First Class is probably my favorite. Um, It's not probably, it is. First Class is my favorite. This might be my second. I actually do like this, I think, more than the second one. Um, I wondered. Okay. Yeah, I think I do like this more than the second one. Um, There's a lot of elements about the second one I like more than this. But yes. overall, I think I like this one. But I'm also like I'm a like I love Batman Begins instead of like the Dark Knight. Like you could give me Batman Begins That's instead of the Dark Knight. That's fucking weird. Oh my yeah. god! Every day of the week, it's just it's it's just it is what it is. But um, I would say that I probably would give this. I'd give this four, four, four and a half. Right, and and it's yeah, and it's just because there is like. The things that you can't you can't really apologize away, like the storm accent, and you know, <laughs> it's yeah. just weird, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot. You know, what's funny going back and looking at the cartoons too. Like Xavier doesn't do anything in anything anyway, so it's like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Like I was I'm all sorry. What? In anything in anything? Huh? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Like he just he doesn't do much. Like he's just he's a very like I hate to say this. He's a plot he's, device. Well, he's very, for all he, his power, he should be able to solve all the problems. Person. Yeah, I know that's like well, he can't walk, Keithy. What the fuck you? Expect? Well, but you know, I mean, he he's because he does more stuff in the comics. That's why it's like oh, okay. he's much more prevalent in the comics. I feel than in this. So that's I think why. Like it's just you know I want you know plus it's Patrick Stewart. I was years watching him as a friggin badass friggin captain of an of the enterprise you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to see him get relegated every movie to being in a fucking cola that's like, the thing it's <laughs> well he makes up for it in logan so don't worry about he it he does he, well, cer- he certainly does so but that's i said my piece i said my piece chrissy 
So What's I'm your stuck. rating well, look, there? I, Tim? So you're going. So Keith went four and a half, four, four and a half. Um, yeah, to the to the Xavier point, like it, it that's one where you kind of have to remove the other films from the equation too. Yes, I think. It, yes, because it's like had they not incapacitated him in some way in like all of the movies, then um, I would be like maybe more forgiving. Um, so to try to take this one in isolation, I'm like, yeah, I get why they do it. Their first outing, like you don't want. Uh, the most powerful telepath in the world just to go out there and save the day kind of thing. Um, the X-Men have to prove their own worth, I guess, without him by their side, solving all their problems. So, yeah, I mean, other minor issues I've, I've had, I guess at the end of the day, I'm going to go four, four out of five on this one. Okay. And I, I'm starting to really wonder now and looking ahead to that X-Men 2 rewatch um, because like Keith, there are elements of that movie that I think are done better but also I think maybe they doubled down on some of their some of the things that didn't work in this one, you know? Um, I'm really wondering where I'm going to land when we get to that but we'll get yeah, there. Me too. All righty. Um, I'm so glad we got to talk about this. And yeah. um, moving on, we will be continuing on with the animated series for our next episode. So looking forward to that. Um, everybody just look out for all of Keithy's shows and for Tim's shows and for my shows. Uh, you can find them Wednesdays here on the NOSO. And um, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.